dream, we a 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 dream, 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 well, we started. <laughs> Y'all, I made so much pumpkin bread last night. Are you going to share? Uh, are you in my apartment or are you several miles away? I'm several miles away. I had a feeling. She's more miles away But now. I think that didn't answer my question. I mean, I can't exactly <laughs> share right now. Uh, oh, hold on. Can you second. email me a piece of pumpkin bread? <laughs> <Yeah>. Thanks. <laughs> Welcome. Hello. Hi. Hey. Hi. Howdy. Hi. 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 As, as they would say in this movie. Hi. Uh, you are listening with your ears to this podcast, which is called the Dreamweaver Podcast. Some of you may be sniffing it with your nose. Or I some am. of you may, may be reading a transcript prepared lovingly for you by a stenographer of some sort. Sure. That doesn't a, happen. Don't lie about a that. A loving stenographer. We should, we should do that, though. That would be nice. That'd be fun. We should have transcripts. <laughs> that would be a nightmare <laughs> no um, i i actually heard a super cool hack where you just play your audio file into google transcribe <laughs> and it just does it for you okay well i would really like to see what they come up with for our podcast yeah like it's pretty good if google yeah. transcribe is any in 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 any way <laughs> sorry i i skipped for a second there he broke he <laughs> there's broke a scratch on my cd um <laughs> if if Google Transcribe is in any way related to the algorithm that generates captions for YouTube videos. It's going to be wildly off. And wonderful. Oh my gosh, yes. I noticed that exactly. recently. recently. Or Google Translate, yeah. Well, no, because I don't often watch YouTube videos with captions. Yeah. But I did like a weekend ago. But when I do, it's Dos Equis. It's Dos Equis commercials. It's just, it's just two X's. <laughs> well, Hi! <laughs> The Dreamweaver podcast is the Sigourney Weaver we podcast, podcast that you didn't know you needed. No, you didn't, you idiot. <laughs> Whoa, John, stop. Right Shots fired. What have I told you about our uh, accosting our new listeners? Uh, they we, may not be new. They know what to expect. Okay. But if, they, if you are new, we understand that you didn't know. And we apologize for John's behavior. And we expect better from you in the future. So yeah, listener. Come prepared. Yeah, John. <laughs> At least next time they'll know that they need this podcast. Because you what do. If, I mean, what what do we do here? Oh, don't, don't ask us that. One of you. <laughs> I'll tell you. Who are you, and what do we do here? Together we get we get together to to, to be mean to strangers over the internet. <laughs> well, idiots. I, I certainly do, John. You're really <laughs> taking over my role as the hostile one. <laughs> yeah, this is a really a, quite a role reversal for for you guys. Uh, well, we uh, okay well uh, what's your name john it's john <laughs> you got me <laughs> what it's john. it's john uh so okay well wh- what about you blarbo <laughs> <laughs> my, my name is blarbo the wonder cactus um i am an uh, animated saguaro uh, possessed by the soul of a desert sorcerer God, I wish any of that was true. That was uh, no. did, you, did you literally just come up with that? I'm yes. so impressed. That's amazing. <laughs> uh, is it? <laughs> okay. That's the funniest thing you've ever done. Uh, God, I hope that's not true. <laughs> um, 
no, my name is Ben A. Bear, and as you might have guessed, I have some improv experience. <laughs> I, I am the only one on the podcast with improv experience, yep. as evidenced by the fact that they were impressed by that. I was impressed. Hey, it doesn't take much. Hey, last person who is yet to be uh, named, what I is your Doc name? I'm McStuffins, and I'm surrounded by a pile of Kleenexes. Wow, did you make that up just now? I, I didn't, because I'm literally looking at a pile of Kleenexes. <laughs> She's living it. <laughs> it's just true. Uh, no, my name is Olivia Beatty, and I am the third person here. Today, you're the first person, because you're leading this episode, uh. so... The first lady. Queen to, uh, Olivia, we call her. To uh, carry to on. Lighten the load of Olivia having to talk through exactly what we do on this podcast. I I will talk about what we do on this podcast. Ah, that's all thanks, right. Jen. What a gentleman. I was going to ah. make you do it anyway, so. <laughs> Neato. Well, here on the Dreamweaver podcast, what we like to do is we like to watch the movies of Sigourney Weaver, and we like, like to do that so in chronological order. Um, and we. We watch the movies, we talk about them, so you can kind of, you don't even need to watch it really. We go through it pretty, pretty, you know, uh, thoroughly, I would say. There you Um, go, you got it. Thank you. (laughs) You're doing great, John, don't stop. And then, and then, get this listener, is what we do after we talk about the movie. What do you do? We rate all of the movies. We rate them (laughs) on our patent pending, is it still pending? Yeah, uh, there's just a lot of backlog right now since the entire uh, patent office is all working from home. Yeah, I imagine a lot of people have a lot more time to just invent stuff now, too. So. Yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, even though I, I invented this, geez, well over a year ago, a year and a half, even. Well, we didn't patent it right away. Well, I, you know, I had to, I, I did mail it to myself, though, so I think that's <laughs> oh, okay. how, I think that helps. You, you have proof of when you came up with the idea. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so uh, we, we, we use our patent-pending Sigourney scale to rate the movies, give them a numerical score, and then we uh, rank them in order from best to worst. End of story. End of speech. That, that checks all the boxes on my itemized list. Now, uh, why are we doing this? We're doing this for two reasons. Uh, number one, first and foremost, is for um, humanity's benefit. There's been a lot of talk these days, a lot of confusion as to uh, which Sigourney Weaver movie is the best and which is the second best and which is the third best and which is the fourth best and which is the fifth best and which is the sixth best and which is the seventh best and which is the eighth best and which is the ninth best and which is the tenth best. I was going to keep going until someone interrupted me. Thank uh, well, you. I wasn't going to stop you. <laughs> um, Actually, I will say that um, quick quick retcon of our own podcast is that we have been saying erroneously that there are 65 feature films have we been saying be... it have we been saying I, a number? I have not I said that re- ever i have I never think. known that number you've <laughs> been erroneously saying that and you're trying to pin it on all of us right. okay well John. fine i'll take John. ownership of this if you've Jorm. been following along we are not covering 65 movies we are covering 61 movies <laughs> I was I found this out because I was like, oh, how close to the halfway point are we? And then I was like, hey, some of these cells on the spreadsheet that we have take up multiple rows. What? Yeah. What? So Wait, what? I don't know. What? Is a thing when we when I when I copied the list from Wikipedia, anyway, and put it into uh, Excel so <laughs> I could print it out. <laughs> this uh-huh. is riveting. <laughs> Anytime you mention okay. Excel, you yeah. know, your podcast I'm sure. goes real well. 
yeah, let's go back to uh, what I was talking about, which is why we are here. We are here first and foremost to talk about spreadsheets until all of our listeners up give up. Off. And the 11th best. The 11th most and the 12th, and the 12th best. No. <laughs> that would be wonderful, and I'm disappointed that I didn't do that. Yeah, uh, I'm disappointed too. We're here to rank all of Sigourney Weaver's movies in order for the greater good of humanity. Um, uh, We're also doing this as a desperate, desperate, perhaps ill-advised roundabout (laughs) attempt to meet uh, the one and only... I will say. (laughs) I I guess, yeah. The one and only Sigourney Weaver. Um, This seems like a good way of going about it that won't... I say won't, but probably might not end up with one or more of us receiving a restraining order <laughs> um i say that just because it's Ooh. a better idea than like trying to figure out where she lives and just going and hanging out by her front garden or some such this yeah. seems safer that yes seems... definitely yeah like, we can do this without getting within 500 feet of her she might be actually kind of jazzed like she wouldn't be jazzed to meet us if we did that for that thing you just mentioned you know no, stalking certainly not <laughs> Hold on, <I'm> <laughs> She wouldn't want that at all, I would think, based no. on what I know about Sigourney and most people. Um, but, you know, she might be like, wow, these these nerds really like me. I'd like to meet them. Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't it be nice to meet Sigourney? Keep going. <laughs> it would be very nice to meet her face. <laughs> Olivia? Yeah? What What movie did we watch this week? Oh, we watched a movie called Big... Bad. Trouble in Little China? Lerve. Oh. We watched a movie called Big Bad Movie. Good. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we watched a movie called Big Bad Love. And um, uh, let's do it was my... a movie. It was a film. Yeah. It was a <laughs> it was cinema. Let's do uh my favorite uh exercise in futility. Either of you heard of this movie before? Nope. Nope. John nope. You? has has anyone heard of Arliss, whatever his last name Arliss is. Arliss Howard. He looks really familiar, though. He's what is he in? Done stuff. Uh, nope. Um, <laughs> he was in but Full he did, Metal Jacket. He did yep. write. To Wong direct, Fu, Thanks for Everything, Julie Newmar. And star in this movie. Oh. He was. Okay, I'll tell you where we've seen him before. Yeah. Uh, in a little movie called A Map of the uh, World. <laughs> Get out <wait>. of town. <laughs> Dead serious. Who was he? Uh. John, don't act like I can say any name from that movie and you'll remember that who it was. So true. <laughs> Reverdy. Try it's me. An, uh, Paul Reverdy. <laughs> any anything? Anything at all? No, there was no flicker of recognition. Yeah, not a one. Uh, he was. You could have said any name, and I would have been like, <laughs> yeah. He, he played guy. John Map of the World, <laughs> the title character. Um. After this movie, he was he would the go man. Has a small role in Moneyball, a movie I've seen several times. Yes, but yes, yes. Moneyball. I've seen Moneyball. Uh, time Traveler's right. Wife. So that's who Arliss Howard is. He was not surprisingly in Arliss. N- no, I find that hard. To <laughs> Remember the TV show Arliss? <laughs> we no, no one ever does. Get that. Um, so this, yes, he directed. Anyway, starred, moving and on. Uh, well, I guess it's an adapt- adaptation of a book. Or, sh- yeah, short stories. It, yeah, it really does. A series of short stories, which um, makes a ton of sense in hindsight. It does. But clearly this is a passion project. Are there any good movies where someone <sighs> writes, directs, and um, stars in the movie? The yeah. Room. 
Such as... Oh, well, that, yeah. I, mean, I got, it's, I it's got weird the room vibes project. off of this one. I'm not going to lie. I kind of did too. Like Very melodramatic. Oh, and it's very melodramatic. That I, that I was getting like super uh, soap opera vibes from. Uh, we'll get to it uh, later, but I'm yeah. wondering if you guys got the same uh, same thing. I will say there are plenty of good movies that were written, directed, and star the same person. Um, such as Citizen Kane. I have heard of it. I haven't seen it. Ever no. heard of it? But it's I on my know. list. And I just haven't watched it. It's it's very good. We could watch that. Okay. Sometime. Well. Anyhow, we it's are uh, quickly setting a record for most. <laughs> Is it a record side though? Trackings. I mean, uh, I mean, it's because Olivia's just a she's just a doormat. She just she folds and lets us do no it. I am. I'm whatsoever. just like you have stuff to say. No, cool, no, no, cool, cool. no. All you right, you gotta be. You gotta just steamroll. This movie. Thank you. Starts. Thank you. That's what I wanted. I hope you understand. I don't talk because because I have very something to similarly say. to Mad Men. <laughs> yes, I was going to say that. This <laughs> eerily this similar. Is our in fact, film. There's a dark scene with. It's like a spotlight on some people on running a man down running down a street. A street. A, a clear running nod. Down the street. A man and a boy. A clear callback to an earlier Sigourney. Very feature. clear callback to Madman. Clearly the inspiration for this. They film. did that on purpose. <clears throat> yep. Obviously. Um. Yeah. So that's. I mean, there's nothing really under that scene, and then the credits start going over just like a black backdrop, and we get the sounds of. A woman doing the sex at someone we, else. We hear some fuck noises. We as- assume. Um, but Did, instead of opening that on that... The only, scene, the only noises that she's making that are sex noises are going, yes, 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 no, no. Mo- yeah, it's, <laughs> no, it's, yes, it's, yes. Sex noises, depending on how you're yes, doing. It's cl- no. They're clearly sex noises. No. Um, Do no, either no. of you think that was Sigourney? I did. I no. did at first. No, because I, well, no, I did not. Yes. Yes. It didn't yes. sound like no. Her. Yes is what we're trying to say. I did think it was her. Yeah. Um but it's not her. It's not. <laughs> Spoiler alert. It's not even a real person. It's actually well, um it's not it's anyone fa- actually. No. <laughs> it's a me- it's it a memory. A dream. It's a um, fan- it's it's a, a phantasmagoria. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a strange scene because we we open like the actual visual shot is of a country road and mailbox and eventually it goes, you know, to this house that's that belongs to the mailbox because that's how that works. I would like to note houses belong to I would like to note that while there's all these sex noises happening, the visual that we're (laughs) getting is someone cramming envelopes into this mailbox until it is like stuffed super full cannot be yeah it's just like it just and when you think he's done he's not he just puts more envelopes not done and it's like yes and this goes on for about 40 minutes (laughs) it does that's the movie of just sex noises and mailbox cramming yeah it's a weird it's a weird fetish that i was not familiar (laughs) with but you are now but i've done a lot of googling (laughs) you've learned (laughs) um kids go by on bikes kind of racing whatever you know, street youths. Um, street, and youths. <laughs> street youths. Street youths. Street uh, youths. Listener, we've never it's, established uh, this, but L- Olivia is 76 years old. Yeah, and she's also the bad guy from Aladdin. And I've also watched New Girl. <laughs> That's which not so far. None of the rest of you have. It's fine. Um, 
yeah, so some guy arrives at this house, mm-hmm. and it, you, it, the way the sound and kind of you're we're getting cut scenes of like snippets of this bathtub and a wedding veil and feet and knees. Not the full picture, no. but like it's painting it's painting the edges of the picture that you're filling in with the noises, but you assume that this is actually what's happening. Um but it turns out it's just a guy asleep in a bathtub, mostly clothed, and he wakes up when his friend arrives and knocks on the door. He's wearing some jeans. His he nighttime is. jeans. <laughs> His bath yeah. sleeping jeans. This you is know? definitely this is definitely the kind of guy who needs that wardrobe, though. Like mm. he he needs bath sleeping jeans, and you know, uh, for this guy, all his jeans are bath and... sleeping jeans. Yeah, exactly. Indeed, he he does a lot of waking up in not a great state Confusing of mind, places or uh, soberness. This is our hero. This is the protagonist of our movie. His name is Leon something. What's his last name? Barlow. Barlow. He is first referred to as Bobby Boy by his friend. And that is how I referred to him the rest of the time in my notes. Mm -hmm. He's just Bobby, but he's actually Leon. It's confusing. Which would you like Uh, to refer to him as? For me, it would be Barlow because that's what people call him throughout the entire movie. That's good for me. Barlow. Hold on a second while I... Find and replace. Find and replace. All the boys in the band want a valentine from him. That's a reference neither of you are going to get. Maybe a little bit. Oh, I, I'm with you. Barlow, you, you're a big Super Chick fan back in the day? Oh, yes. Yeah. Wait, but Super Chick was different than... Barlow oh, Girls. no. Barlow Girl was a band, but Barlow Girls was originally a song by Super that Chick. That was a... All yeah, the that boys is true. in the band want I'm a sorry, Valentine yes. from a Barlow girl. Hello, girl. Boys yeah. think they're the bomb. Wow. Because they remind them of their moms. Okay. <laughs> That's so weird. Okay, anyway. <laughs> no, no, let me keep Now singing. that we've explored that piece of my adolescence, <clears throat> let's move on. All right, so Bar. <laughs> and now I looked for Bobby <laughs> and replaced it with Barlow. And now it's Barlow now, Boy. Now it's Barlow Boy. <laughs> Barlow boy. Barlow boy. Um, This house, this house is a mess. Uh, We get kind of, we get different shots. A lot of montages of establishing shots around different scenes. Um, We get the sense that he has, there's kids in his life somewhere because there are drawings, but it does not seem, at least you hope that kids don't really live in this house because... Yikes. They ain't here right ain't now. It ain't no home for a child. <laughs> it ain't no home for a child. That's true. Um, yeah, so he comes out to his porch. He hang like, he, I don't know. He's shooting the breeze with his friend. Monroe? Monroe? Monroe, yeah. <laughs> um, he's a painter. The way they shoot the breeze is like the most contrived shit that I've ever heard. Yeah, I stopped yeah. listening to no it. No one talks like that. No. no. Not even a weird old southern man. <laughs> They're also not really talking to each other. They're just talking. Like, no, they're just espousing. Yes. Um, I guess his friend gets him to come paint with him, but his friend doesn't really... Monroe doesn't paint. He doesn't really work on any of the projects they're doing. He sits there and talks. 
and drinks and drinks. A lot, and lot of drinking in this movie. Lots of cheap lot beer. Of this, in movie this movie was clearly uh, a lot of product placement for beer. Premium, premium beer. Just you know, any kind. Of beer thirty. They it's go through a lot of like sometimes. what is it? Eighteen packs, twenty-four packs. Cases, a lot of cases. cases. Many, many cases. Uh, it was, a, yeah, product placement for that beer and also for uh, chest freezers. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> chest freezers. <laughs> are your, really Is your chest too warm? Chest freezers, won't you? No. Mm, yes. Put them in your shirt. <laughs> um, yeah, so we're really, they're just at different work sites, painting houses on roofs, scaffolding various places and then they go to the grocery store they grab some beer they talked about the news with the the grocery store guy the grocer the grocer yes uh there's some that seems generous yeah he just he sits behind the counter the the shopkeep how's that that's better he's got also it's generous to call this a grocery store literally (laughs) like right it's a gas station. Like he's clearly as hammered as anybody else in that store. Like he's got a big bottle of like whiskey right next to him the whole time, and he's like, yeah, "Yeah, I don't know." They talk about some kind of war and re-enlisting. Yeah, none of that really pans nope. out into anything. Yeah, and I don't who knows? Really care about it. They're just they're just talking small town talk. Small uh, town his talking. friend drops him off at home, and he he grabs all that mail that was that. That got dropped off uh, earlier, and he starts reading it. Um, it's they're all rejections of yeah. his manuscripts that he's apparently submitted, high and low, to to anyone he knows of, um, magazines, publishers. I'm not really. It, I guess they're just kind of yeah, anywhere and I guess they're short stories. Val- valid ways. Valid ways to yeah. get started and yeah. in writing. And he has all of these He's rejections also right. um, hung like in his bathroom. He'll he just keeps putting them up with dart like uh, I guess darts. Yeah. Darts. Yeah. That <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <And> <laughs> was like I feel like you were trying to get more was, specific, but darts. there wasn't it. anything. They just called darts. Like a dartboard. <laughs> the dart darts. Like, the dartboard like darts. Dartboard without He's the also board. <laughs> exactly. He he's also got um, an enormous trash bin next so to his large. desk, and he sometimes writes angry letters yes. back to the editors who reject him, and then just that's a great way to manage his trash. Like, there was there was yeah. one device uh, that is used several times throughout this movie that it's I called a typewriter. Thought was was kind of interesting. <laughs> it's darts, Olivia. Darts, darts and typewriters. No, um, that like pieces of the environment will start. Uh, kind of narrating so like in this case it's the radio and the radio music uh starts basically the words of the songs and the announcers and stuff on the on the radio are just the text of the rejection letters he's getting right or he'll have like little like index cards or postcards on his wall that are like one or two words that he's gonna say in a couple minutes yes it's weird yeah it's a very surreal movie. Yeah. Like the way that it's, it's like the the way that everything's done is like um I, while watching it there were a lot of points where I wasn't sure if what was, was actually happening. happening. Was actually yes, happening. exactly. Yeah. It's weird yeah. like the it just has a lot of these intercut like weird David Lynchian moments 
where there, you know, will just be these weird sequences of like a doorway in a forest that doesn't lead anywhere. And there's a boy walking through it and just, yep. just kind of stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Or like if Terrence Malick was just horrible. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> yep. <laughs> um. So yeah, I enjoyed I enjoyed that kind of interplay of the the radio, um, kind of being part of his mind, and I think that's more indicative of kind of his state of mind. Like everything that's happening around him is really just part of his internal thoughts or like that's how he's experiencing yeah much of this it like honestly it reminded me the most of um uh, a christmas story the way that ralphie will just be going through life and then it sort of goes into to like a very highly exaggerated fantasy sequence almost Mm -hmm. except in this case instead of you know experiencing everything through sort of the um eyes of a, a child it's just a sad drunk man yeah i think that it also like really serves to like almost communicate how how self-centered this guy really is um because like he's so self-centered that we have to endure this movie (laughs) self-centered self-centered but specifically self-pitying he spends the first the first like hour of this hour and 45 minute movie just sort of wallowing yep and I gotta say, it's not fun to watch. It's not bad to watch. I. It's just, it's just dull. Yeah. I don't even know if I could say that it's dull because because of those like flights of fancy mm-hmm. that the movie takes. Like it's not necessarily like visually dull or even like the sure. content wise. You're like, oh yeah, okay, that's an interesting yeah. device. It's there. just narratively, but like very uninteresting yeah narratively you're just like where are we going with this yeah what does any of this mean and yeah because nothing happens except he's Uh sad and drunk yep yeah so and and you also and that's the end of the movie so (laughs) you don't really know like these montages well we can just i mean i feel like we should give them give more examples of these montages because we get one right here after after all these rejections he goes back to he goes back to work and we think it's going to be like a work montage kind of like earlier but it's also interspersed with it's unclear if it's a flashback or if it's you know some intermediate flashback slash you know his writing is very uh it 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 draws on all of his his own memories and stories and yeah. characters in his life um but then they're also really weird. And you're like, well, this isn't real. <laughs> like, Kind of like the, you know, the doorway in the forest with the kids or like random people or... A guy who rolls up an American flag and throws it like a javelin. It, yeah. And then it actually goes into his bathroom yes, while he's like right. brushing the teeth and stabs into the wall like a dart. But it's also while he's like, he's reading. You Lord, There's an over, like there's a, a dubbed uh, a... description of he's like reading one of his manuscripts like the the intro to a short story or something and this will happen it's weird there are cows in houses he's being led he's the cow is he the cow there's a chain around his neck he's being led like the cow i don't know there's a man with a sledgehammer is he going to be slaughtered there's a lot of imagery (laughs) Um, much imagery just yeah what what does it mean Uh, 
That's not important. It's nope. there, though. I don't think that's. I don't think it's very fleshed out, to be honest. Like, I don't think they know what it means. So, I didn't feel pressured to I'm try and figure sure it out. Either. Arliss Howard knows exactly what it means. He just didn't do a very great job of telling the rest of us. Yeah. Or it's one of those things where pretension we're for to... pretension's sake. Pretension, either that, exactly. or you know, that's you're true. supposed to give it your own meaning. Ah, the spectator theory. Yes. Anyway. Um, But, yeah, interspersed, he does go back to work with his friend Monroe. um, And then after that, they go to a bar. This is going to get used to it because this is going to be the next hour of the movie. Yep. It's just Uh, this 10, 15 minutes repeated. Then they go to a bar and then they go home and then he wakes up in a bathtub again. Yeah. And. (laughs) It's basically just it's him Groundhog and Day. Monroe yeah. do something together, and then they drunk drive for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Always. It, that's basically all they do. A lot of drunk driving in that's this movie. That's the South. It's the South. It's not doesn't count if you're drunk. Mm. Uh, okay. All right. Well. Note to self, <laughs> don't say, get in a car with John. Note to self, I don't was, go to the South. When I watched the... Uh, the show sharp objects they like it takes place in missouri like and they're, oh, now, they what would really you know hit you over missouri? the head with the fact that it's missouri and they're like uh, well <laughs> i i know missouri fairly well uh but they're like they're showing everyone literally everyone is driving drunk the whole time and i'm like yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Out. yeah. All right. yeah. i believe that not enough meth don't go to missouri meth kids. in that show i'm guessing i haven't seen it I haven't been to Missouri, but there's a fair amount of meth. <laughs> While at the bar, uh, he sees a woman, and we get one of these uh, words on paper mm-hmm. on the wall or fridge. It's unclear, and it just says "her," uh, and it is his ex-wife, whose name is Marilyn. Maybe I just referred to her as yeah. the ex-wife. Yeah, it's Marilyn. The whole time. When he sees her, he has some sort of flashback of kind of their breakup and her being angry and throwing him out. And then he gets pissed and just knocks a guy out in the bar and then leaves. <laughs> yeah, everyone, like, they, they seem just, like, mild, mildly <laughs> perturbed by this. Like, the people who see this just, time. like, very quietly call him an asshole. Yeah, they're like, asshole. Like, he just, like, dumped a beer on someone yeah. instead of... Knocked you know, out. assaulted, knocked some guy. dude out. Right. It's the South, yeah. baby. We knock people out here, and then we drunk drive about it. Yeah. He goes to the uh, the parking lot, and he f- finds his ex wife's car, uh, and he he gets uh, sentimental about the car seat in the back because he has kids and he misses them. Oh. He. I will say that there's like a montage here. I think I think it's right here anyway, where it shows like his wedding video, but in reverse. Oh, uh, that's that... a little bit later, I believe. Oh, okay. I wrote uh, it well, down, but that does happen. That was actually <laughs> that was actually like probably the best montage in the yeah, movie. Yeah, that one made the most sense. I would for sure. Yeah, and it was like it actually was like very heartfelt. I feel yeah. so. I don't know what was going on in like you know. The, the guy's the actual guy's personal life but it felt like he had some 
experience to draw. And I don't know if that's the know. case. Or maybe he's an actor. Director. I don't think so. Really. Uh, he is an actor. Based on what I've seen, I don't think that that's true. Uh, so the next day, a lady shows up at his house, and it is his mother. And they have a conversation. I don't know about y'all, but she reminded me so much of the mom from the room. I'm about to bring that up because they have this conversation in his living room. And it's, it is so the room-esque to me with the piano music and the cross fading between them. And the old blonde woman complaining. Yes. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean, she's sitting yeah. outside. She's sitting outside, and his dog—or I don't even think it's his dog. The dog that's a dog. I think he's just like there. a stray dog that he feeds. Yeah, yeah, and she's like, "I can't come in until you call this beast off me." And it's literally sitting there, he's like, like hey. "I just want you to like, pet me." He's just like, being a friendly. Yeah, dog. yeah, yeah. He's just a sweet yeah. little guy, and she's like, "This beast," and I'm like, "Wow, you're full of melodrama," mm-hmm. and it only gets better. Mm. Um, <laughs> only gets less mellow. Yes. So I guess she's concerned about his kids and him. And they're also having tea with a tiny little tea set. Yeah. Uh, which is cool. Very and ornate. A teeny tiny yeah. tea set. Uh, and then it starts raining on Barlow and floods out the door. And that's the end of the scene. And then that transition. Inside. Inside his living room. Yeah. It, it, this is just a weird like scenes end in two ways in this movie they fade to black uh or they're they transition to a weird uh dream david lynchian montage next he gets a different type of letter that is less of a rejection uh than the others he it's basically like i fought for this but i was outvoted or we fought about this for like a week and we lost oh i have a question about that yes Who's doing the reading? Well, I have a confession. Okay. <laughs> um, only, only later in the movie when oh. she talks again did I <laughs> associate that voice with Sigourney. Get out of town! You didn't realize because right it away. is. Bow, 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 bow. It's Sigourney bow, Weaver, bow. and you didn't recognize the one voice. That I was we... supposed. Yep. Mm-hmm, yep. Yeah. I'm right. uh, okay. terrible, right. and you okay. can fire me now. Uh, so right. until we'll later in the movie. Here's why, which, though. Like, here's she why. comes back like maybe 20 minutes from the end of the movie. Yes. So literally, most of this movie, you were like, "When is Sigourney?" Basically. <laughs> like, and I was like, "Wait, she's she supposed to be the voice known. of something. Um, Whose I, voice would she be?" I have oh. a question for the two of you. Why is Sigourney Weaver in this movie? I don't know. I'm not complaining about her because presence. I would never dare do such a thing. But like, what is the point of having such a big name in such a small role? I don't know why. Like, and like then it's, it's great for her because it's probably a good paycheck for like 30 no minutes work. of work. Yeah. yeah. She is, this character is pictured in Barlow's mind as, as someone, someone else. else. And I think that's what threw me off. I was just like... Oh, it's this lady. <laughs> you assume that the voice is this person, but maybe they did that like actually for that reason. It's I not. I don't know. Sigourney, but it's like, does, Sigourney do has people like, know her? Anyway, I just Sigourney know. has a great voice. She does. Like, it, like every time she talks, she sounds, she sounds 
intelligent and like and just a little bit sexy and but kind as well like i don't know she's like she's definitely also kind of intense to listen to and intense yeah yeah like confident all of these things powerful think of a a positive word and that that accurately describes what sigourney weaver's voice sounds like what i really enjoyed about this was that we find out what the title of the manuscript is that he has sent and she's like they liked it but they didn't know what to make of the title the title was white girls with black asses yeah and it was like oh yeah that's it's like what does it mean and do we want to know and (laughs) maybe change it (laughs) yeah that was kind of her gist too uh i was like well maybe we would have you know it would have been okay except for this title and that, to me, like, that title, like, he, like, leading up to this, you really get a sense, like, okay, he's very diligent about about applying to places and, like, trying to get his writing career off the ground. And I'm like, and that's the title that's that he, the went, title with. he went with. Yeah. Like, and he wants, like, the point is that we're supposed to be, like, sympathetic to this character. And then we find out that he's, he's sending out, like, apparently good writing with trash titles and it's like <laughs> i feel less sympathy for him yeah. right like he's you the title know is pretty important maybe kind of deserves these rejections is the vibe that i'm getting he's yeah. like i wrote a screenplay and it's very very good but it's porn <laughs> <laughs> oops well. like, there's a knock on the door uh and it is his son it's a visitor and nothing more Visitor, nothing more. Moving on. Uh, his ex, Marilyn, uh, she talks. She's talking at him about like child support and paying off lawyers and all this stuff. And it's kind of unclear what she's really talking about. He clearly doesn't know what she's talking about. But apparently, the kids are with him for the weekend, and that's the gist of that i did enjoy the end of this scene where he's like are you seeing somebody and she's like huh he's like you see what huh oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) that was nice like nice evasion of the question (laughs) he tries to get them ready for bed but it's he's like oh you can sleep in there you can sleep with me actually uh let's just sleep in a tent (laughs) (laughs) so it's like it'll be better than in this house basically um but it does look like a nice a nice time, you know, camping in the backyard. Sure. Uh, he's telling stories to his son and daughter. Uh, his daughter has some sort of medical issues. Asthma, um, I'm pretty sure. Asthma, yeah. Um, so she's got some. She, yeah. So you know she ain't implement it. Or something. Um, yeah. Spoiler alert. I had asthma when I was a kid. I remember doing those breathing treatments. Oh, John's going to be dead before the end of the podcast. I made it. it was nice knowing you. Well, we'll see. But good job. Um, later th- that weekend, uh, he, you know, Marilyn shows back up and to to pick up the kids, and they argue about kind of like, no, oh, like, oh, just give me a few more hours. Like she's taking a nap, but no. Actually, at this point, I thought she was dead. <laughs> oh, she, no. I, yeah, oh, I honestly goes, did, too. When she goes to pick her up and she's just like limp noodle Laying for a second. Laying face I'm down like, on the ground. <laughs> yeah, I was like, uh-oh. Oh, this is... Dad, uh, 
dad really fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now, there is something that we missed earlier in the first montage of uh, Monroe and Barlow uh, working when they're just kind of talking. Um, that comes up several times throughout this movie is there's someone got flashed like some guy flashed Marilyn and someone else yeah. in a parking lot. And now lot. she's dating him. And so it keeps coming up like oh like how like <laughs> keep asking like how big was it <laughs> like all this yeah, stuff like and the, it comes up probably five times. A lot, a lot. And it comes up here. He's like, oh, you date, like, you dating that flasher? <laughs> She's like, yeah, yeah, that's who I'm dating. He's a friend, you, friend of yours? Ah, <sighs> it's, um, it's, it's weird. Yeah, there's some, uh, to say the least. There's some insecurity bubbling to the surface about that uh, with that one. Yeah. A lot of this movie is weird. Yes, I would. Yeah, agree. you're not and, wrong, uh, John. A lot of it's weird and really. Uh, Really, to me, does expose a lot of insecurity. Expose? <laughs> <laughs> like a penis under a trench coat. Wow. This movie exposes the insecurities of the person who made it. All right. Wow. With that out of the way. Yep. Uh, after it's this still very argument, much in the way. <laughs> we, we haven't said penis on this podcast enough recently. It's been a hot minute. It's been a few movies. Uh, <laughs> we did it. We did it like. We had to come up with a. Uh, <laughs> you know, we had to cut you off for a, for a while there, but we, we um, had to cut off your penis. Yep, <laughs> yep, we did. That was a that was a lob for you, and I'm glad that you took it. All right, after after this argument, she's very glad you took shut the, the penis. <laughs> shut the fuck up. Um, I, I am too. How could I not? After this argument uh, about that, her taking the kids back. He goes over there. He's got like a car under a tarp in the yard. Uh, and there's a manuscript in it that apparently he thinks is good. And so I think he sends it to the publisher that rejected him but didn't <laughs> reject him. This is where that flashback flashback happens of the wedding playing backwards because they left. I think the car that's under the tarp is what they left their wedding in. So, you know, bringing back all the memories. Uh, yeah. So he sends that manuscript from the car to the publisher. Or at least, or he tells her he's going to write something else. He's going to reorganize his life, he says, to write you something new. And then I'm really, this, I'm not, this was the, <laughs> this sequence after that of him. He's like cleaning up his house. But it's also, it's intercut with, like, bathtub scenes and flashback and fantasy of, like, sex in the field and a cow in his house. This is the cow part. <laughs> like, it's it's really something. I kind of lost track of what the movie was trying to do here. Mm -hmm. I, I'm not going to lie. I, like, a lot of it just went in one eye and out the other. <laughs> And I think what we're supposed to get is is he's he's cleaning up his life so that he can and he's also like imagining his next project which is also based on his memories. That's what I got. But also a lot of weirdness. So, <laughs> you know. Um 
And after this montage is done, he buys a big stuffed puppy and he goes to his ex's house. But he approaches, when he approaches, it goes into this, you know, surreal sequence of him approaching the house like a black ops. Navigating a literal minefield. Yeah, it's like minefield or like there are bombs and he's, but the the soldier is still holding the stuffed animal <laughs> and he's got, you know, night vision yeah. and stuff anyway. Um, but his, but Marilyn or does not let him come in. She opens the door and she doesn't no, open the door. She just she talks to him, him through the glass. No, she does for a second. She opens the door because then she goes, you smell weird. He opens the door. He's trying to get in. Oh, that's right. He yeah. sees his son and she's yeah. like, I'm going to get you. This is forced entry. I'm going to hit you with a restraining order and forced entry. <laughs> but she she agrees to take the dog. And then she punts it back to him as he walks away. <laughs> he doesn't give it to the son. Okay. She Rejected. Says, she says at this point, you smell weird. And his response is, I took a bath. Yep. It's like, oh, and I'm like, yeah. that checks out. Uh-huh. That would be out of the norm for him. Yeah. Yeah. It seems. You don't smell like booze and cigarette smoke. After she punts the dog at him, <laughs> there's another montage, which what I will let surprise. you fill in the blanks of what that looks like, because it's probably true. Oh, um, paper in a field, there's maybe? There's also a shot of her, before this montage, a shot, <laughs> it's like a revenge uh He's like picturing the revenge she's going to get. I, I don't know. She's on a, like a a recliner a chaise long over a what a chaise a chaise long long yeah it's not lounge wow i had no idea it's long there you go yeah because smoking a a cigarette in front of a train yep and she's tied up and she has like a red negligee she's not really tied up so much as there's this rope there's a rope draped over her (laughs) yes yeah just Uh, like a a damsel in an old-timey melodrama exactly uh he's not happy so there's another montage and then they go back to the grocery store um they talk about the size of the flasher's dick again and then they they go on a date with velma uh, Monroe is dating this this lady called Velma, and she is. I don't really feel like we need to describe her because Velma is very descriptive. Sure, she wears a lot of orange <laughs> and can never find her glasses. Of course, we do. There's only one Velma in I pop culture, know. and she's nothing like the Velma we <laughs> all true. know and love. She she's wears a lot a of white dress. Yes, yes, she does, and she likes to water flowers very seductively. Mm. Uh, and Monroe is quite besotted she has uh younger brothers who are identical twins and that's all you need to know about her yep (laughs) she tells you everything about her personality Uh, it's really weird uh they have a picnic in the middle of a high school football field while the marching band is rehearsing which was another point in the movie when i was like is this really happening yeah i was like wait is it is this happening or not uh unclear but There's no come. reason why it wouldn't be happening, I guess. Yeah. I guess. Except for how freaking weird it is. They ain't bothering right. no one. And then there's a long sequence um, of the rest of... Th- is this all taking place 
on this night? Or is this kind of a montage of more, like, basically Monroe and Velma's dating? Uh, I, career is the wrong word. but <laughs> Relationship, <laughs> Yeah, <maybe>? sure. <laughs> dating career, you <laughs> know? History. <laughs> wow, Olivia. Uh, <laughs> we need I to talk. <laughs> I was um, um, I was under the impression that history. This was all I think it, yeah. One, I was under the impression this okay. was all one thing. One yeah. night. One night. Yeah. Sure. I mean, they're at this. They there's like a a hay bale vehicle obstacle course. Yeah, I wasn't really sure what that was. That they're doing while drinking heavily. Mm-hmm. And Barlow is is he's not really participating he's writing or reciting i was unsure it's unclear i think that he's working on he's just working on his writing and he's like yelling it at them yeah (laughs) and they are not exactly paying attention no they're on different pages extremely full of himself also barlow at one point he's talking about um well john what do you do when you're drunk literature and his friend is talking about like traveling he wants to go to take Velma to a river. So then Barlow starts talking about the river Tiber. Yeah, and, starts talking about the Aeneid. White swine and the prophecy. And then it's like, oh, but turns out this was actually based on another, yeah. another poem. Virgil stole all that from Homer. Yeah, the Iliad exactly. is all where it's at. Yes. And it's sort of like, yeah, but what about this cathedral? <laughs> anyway. Which I honestly, if that that conversation felt pretty real to me. I know we've we've dunked on the writers and the, and the characters in the past of this movie, just having conversations that don't relate to what the other one is saying. But when they're both drunk, it makes a lot of sense. It does. I also think. I mean, I was kind of just impressed with the <laughs> what they came up with for them speaking, because like I wasn't. Yeah. I was like, I was hearing the words that they were saying, even even earlier when we were talking about that. It's like the words are words are happening, and I they're just sliding off of my brain. Like, yeah, they're not they're, important. They're they're clearly not important, but somebody had to write them. Yeah, <laughs> and I think that that seems like a hard thing to accomplish. Does that make sense? Yeah, there's a lot of dialogue in this movie that doesn't serve the plot or really anything else it's just sort of flavor i guess yeah and it's i guess just to show it's something you how that smart i could the never do are. that's the thing that mm. that really bothered me about it is the writers are like okay let's show everyone how much we know about the iliad <laughs> and it's like well no it's it's less that and more like it's more what monroe says it's like all the things that monroe is saying i don't know what the heck he's talking about and it's not really super coherent, but it was written, <laughs> you know? Sure. Yeah. Anyway. I think that that also goes to the point of like, he's just like, it serves the movie in that. Uh, but I also believed him. That Barlow is so self-obsessed that it really doesn't matter what Monroe is saying at any point. Like True. Yeah. Uh, that's he's he, just like there. he's not what the movie's about even though he's like his best friend and shit. Yeah. like it right it, it I, I, I hated it i think i said this about 
a recent movie, maybe a map of the world. But this is the kind of movie that you can watch on mute and still get like 80% of what's going on. Yeah. Just because yeah. what they're saying usually has very little to do with what's actually going on. I'm just yeah. saying that it. I would imagine that it's hard to write words that actively like <laughs> disengage you. Yeah. yeah. That you can actually you can hear and understand and then ignore. Right. Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess in a way that might be challenging. I mean, we're doing it right like, now. Sure. In a way yeah. that might be challenging because you're writing conversations that are happening between people and as as an audience member, like I didn't feel like I was privy to what they were talking about because I was like, "Well, I'm not friends with right. them." Right. Like, yeah. I don't know what yeah. they're talking about. They have a relationship outside of you know, the purview of this movie. Yeah. Anyway. Um, but this vehicle obstacle course was hilarious to me. Uh, and at one point, the twins, one of the twins has a ladder from the twins. truck in this convertible. Yeah. And it's like propped up so that it's, it's like on the, uh, the, windshield. the windshield and he's up on the top of it dangling about anyway over the hood yeah and, and then they drive away <laughs> drive away while uh the twin that's driving is just going to town on a bottle of maker's mark yes yeah was it him or was it the guy on the ladder too they might have both had they a were sharing yeah there's a lot of maker's mark there that's drunk in this movie mark. and i feel like they just had that one bottle and they've reused it a lot <laughs> yeah full of sweet tea brown liquid yeah full iced tea uh-huh. I like to think uh, it's sweet anyway. tea since this is in the south. Well, sweet tea is sweet tea is well, like one of the best things bourbon. about about being in the south, for sure. Sweet tea's pretty good. You can't I get it. And that's coming from someone who doesn't really like tea. I don't it, really like sweet tea. Uh, yeah, that's because you're wrong. <laughs> like that's it's just that's one really thing. Good. Having lived in my in the my entire life in the south until fairly recently, there are some things that I wonder about life that I always assumed were normal but aren't. Like when you go to a fancy <laughs> occasion, like a, a dinner or something in the not South, do you get a glass of water and also a glass of iced tea? Nope. Okay. Cause that's, that's so weird. 100% no, normal in the South. Yeah. I yeah. like, I, My dad always first of all, did, it's also um, really weird that when you ask people in not the South, like, can I have some sweet tea? Like if you're at a restaurant or something, they're like, we have iced tea and there's a sugar packet and you're like, no, right. It's like not the, the same. That, like in the South, so. you don't have to specify sweet tea. <laughs> if you just ask for tea, you're going to get a sweet iced tea. Yeah. Well, so. And it's great. My, so I think my family might be a little bit different. Um, my grandpa loved tea. My dad used to really, he used to get iced tea everywhere. I feel like. And at, at fancy restaurants. So like in my mind, yes, it's, it's. It's normal, but in a certain context. But he didn't get sweet tea. It was unsweetened tea. Gross. Which Weird. is gross. I have a question. Is like, <laughs> I why never does your, understood Why that. does your dad hate himself? I <laughs> <laughs> um, so, okay. Lots of, it's mostly ice. It's mostly ice. One just time, a little bit of tea. One time we were at a restaurant, and this is in Missouri, where this is not a thing, but like a waitress came up and asked my dad, like, what do you want to drink? And my dad said, I'll have a Coke. And she said, what kind? And then my dad said, Mountain Dew. 
Yes, that's a normal thing. <laughs> that is a perfectly normal Southern yes. interaction. That's but only it's at least like, a normal specifically Texas specifically that's like a a Georgia thing. I thought like they call mm, all Texas soda too. Coke in yeah. Georgia. Texas is like that. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I grew up referring to things as Coke. Same. I literally did like a spit take almost, like, or like, like at least like a. You almost spit out what? your Mountain Dew. Yeah, I almost spit out my my Coke right into my Mountain Dew bottle. Uh, yeah, it was, it was weird. I honestly, I think the weirdest part of that story to me is the fact that you were at a sit-down restaurant that served Mountain Dew. <laughs> like yes, Mountain like Dew, the only, I, I think can, the only restaurant. You at restaurants. Yeah, but like I've never seen Mountain Dew at a restaurant that's not a Taco Bell, I don't think. Well, it's. I think it comes as uh, it's a default option. Well, on, sure, for a store for restaurants like, that have a deal with Pepsi. Draft. Yes, yeah. but I just I've never been to a restaurant. Wait, Mountain Dew is Pepsi? Yeah, yeah. That's why Taco Bell has it. Which is funny because my dad asked for a Coke, and uh-huh. she was like, "What kind?" And he was like, "Not yeah. even a not even a Coke brand." You got a Goldang Pepsi product. Yeah. Who does yeah. your dad think he is, huh? The mayor of Mayersville. The mayor of Missouri. <laughs> I'm the mayor of Missouri. You can't give me a Coke here. Your Coke is no good here. Only Mountain Dew. Only. Only Missouri, Missouri, comma famous for mountains. <laughs> it's uh, it's got some of them Ozarks, okay. right? They are hills. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah. calling those a mountain is extremely generous. generous. Yeah. Ellen um, generous. Ben, I just want you to know that I'm just looking at this picture and it's just up now on my <laughs> it's, it's, it's and now that's her, what i'm looking at it's now her desktop image it's now a a, a a page a day calendar that's just that picture every day when barlow returns home i was uh, having his, so much fun mo- talking about not this movie literally anything else god <laughs> please <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna make it through guys his i want to direct your attention to the title of this recording session it is now just bad bad bad, 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 bad. <laughs> the big big bad bad big bad bad <laughs> Uh, so he comes home and his mom and kids are on the porch waiting for him and she does she goes through this whole very passive aggressive but mostly mm. aggressive thing where she's like what kids what have we been talking about all the calls that I have had to made make to cancel all my plans today yeah and then um also about how fucking hot it is and how we're stuck outside of this house and, and how we, we didn't go have inside a dad and we, we didn't don't have, have a, a dad and we don't have a key to this house that we're sitting outside of. And why isn't your dad home? And hi. Yeah. And then, and then his kid's like, we also talked about bikes. <laughs> yeah. uh, she did a really good job of yelling at him without letting on to the kids that there was a problem. I that's think. true. She like, she's a fucking pro. So pro. So pro. And then and it, she it's leaves actually and then stuff sits. like that that makes me appreciate the writers of this movie because she like because sometimes it's movie. legitimately super good writing. Like sure. that was like that was awesome. Yeah. But it was good. Like I feel like they just lost it with like the whole the whole movie, <laughs> but the individual scenes were good. Yeah. So later on, I think his kids have gone to bed and he he's washing dishes and he calls his ex and all you see all we see is him on the phone and his ex is like basically yelling at him for not being home when the kids came over. Yeah. And 
Uh, I think this this also plays into your point about the whole self-centered thing where he's like, you want to come over? <laughs> Are you in the bathtub? <clears throat> you want to come over? But, Are you seeing someone? Yeah. Are you seeing someone? Ugh. But uh, you get the sense that she's not over him either because she starts crying and hangs up. <laughs> yeah. I would like to point out that, uh, first of all, the she idea the that bathtub. the idea that anyone could not be over him is absolutely insane to me. But um, <laughs> I'm like, sure he was a great guy before, you know, he self-destructed. Before he became a tippler. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> I, Tipler. I would like to to point out that he did not miss being there for his kids because he had a very important meeting or, no. you know, no. a doctor's appointment or even like hit a deer or something he on was his way home from the grocery store. Yeah. He, he was, like, he, was he woke driving. up, he woke up like in a ditch and like came yep. home. Monroe shows up dressed as a mariachi band member. He looks like one of the three amigos. And informs Barlow that he has up and got to Vegas and gotten married. He done wedded himself. And he is there to invite Barlow to the reception. And Barlow's pissed about this. And hungover. Barlow. Also, he's still very drunk. He's been drinking. He's currently drinking. And he throws his typewriter at him. Barlow's not happy about the fact that that one night of partying seemed to cost him some relationship points with his children. And he's kind of taken it out on Monroe unfairly. Yeah. I think also that like he is very wary about the idea of marriage in general, probably. Um, And is like basically thinks it's a stupid idea for his friend to, to get married. Totally. Were there some scenes of his marriage like cut into this? I can't remember. I don't care. Why? Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. as good an answer as that I can That is a care. very fair answer. <laughs> All right. In the next scene, he is driving. Uh, Barlow is driving down the road at night. And he comes upon a chest freezer. He comes upon chest burster. a chest freezer in the road. Um, and he's like, I don't oh, know that I would have ever called it a chest freezer, except that they call it that in this movie. Several times. Yeah, I just would have uh, called it a freezer, but whatever. Just a, just like My a, grandparents used to like call a, it the ice chest. The big fr- like a big uh, yeah. freezer that you put in your garage. Yeah, definitely. That, That's not a kitchen uh, top, freezer. You know, it, it opens from the Because it's horizontal. Yeah. Yes. It would be annoying to have in your kitchen. Sure. It'd be my large. parents would call something like that a deep freeze, but my grandparents would call it an ice chest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's just the kind of freezer, freezer we keep in the garage and call the garage freezer. Yeah. I'm with you, Ben. Yeah. That's, that's we never a had one, thing. but no. I had friends who had one. Yeah, friends who had dads no, who actually, had one. No, actually, my grandparents had one. Right? Um, I, think I think my, my grandparents, grandparents had one. We, like, my they family's kept, like, always had garage fridges, but never big old chest freezers. Well, where else are you going to, you know, put all your Costco put bodies? Meat. Your venison. <laughs> we went that's a good point. You would really want to have that. Yeah, like, I associate for... chest freezers like that with people who do a lot of hunting. Oh, or I... Dexter. I associate it with people who do a lot of shopping at, at Costco or Sam's Club. Okay. Or serial killers. Sam's Club. The Costco of the South. We're all going very different ways with this. This is a real Rorschach test of an appliance. <laughs> <laughs> serial killer for me. Anyway. Um, well, at How one point in this movie, he opens, he opens the freezer that's 
this like same type of freezer in the grocery store and there's a person in there like i think his it's his father. dad yeah. yeah and then he shuts it again and he's like nope all right <laughs> try this again his dad shows up a few times in this movie and he always says take the highway son and it never it's his dad it never really it never really like comes to make any sense no it does not that That was completely lost on me yep while he's inspecting this freezer in the middle of the road um i think his own voice is on the radio if i'm not mistaken uh he's kind of narrating himself could be but who knows this guy comes running up out of the dark <laughs> and apparently it's his freezer yeah and it fell out of his car and then he yeah. ran out of gas and he's trying he like tries briefly a, a guy who's having a, like probably a worse day than anyone in this movie has had yeah. so far which is <laughs> like, really saying something right really. he's like my freezer fell out i ran out of gas i had to run all the way here please don't steal my freezer <laughs> But can I also take your car? You're gonna let me borrow your car, right? Yeah. He just assumes, and like I know, I started and thinking, oh, this is a scam. And <laughs> he's never seeing that car again. The, but he's the, just like, no, <laughs> yeah. no, don't take, don't take my car. No, like, kind of the right thing to say in that situation. Yeah, I, I so. would say so. I don't think I would let someone like, just well, borrow my you car for, for basically any yeah. reason. Yeah. No, that seems like a bad idea. Um, also, a real out, trusting he is, person. Uh, that Barlow is drunk the whole time this is happening. 100%. I don't know why I needed to point that out, but you know, uh, I think you can just for most of this that. movie. It's, yeah. it's safe to assume he's probably if he is in a car or near a car. There's probably also a bunch of beer flying around. Then there's an extended writing process montage of him in his house, very drunk, and dubbing over you know like very pretentious writing. Mm-hmm. Ugh. And then his characters, pre- uh, presumably, reading the writing as well, kind of over each other. He's very drunk. He's died. He's just like stumbling around his house. And then I think at the end of this sequence, he has multiple manuscripts that he's sending out. Seems like he has multiple stories. Or he's he's sending a bunch of envelopes. I don't know if yeah, it's the same piece yeah. it's or if it's you know whatever. So uh, he uh, he also um, writes a little something for Monroe as a way oh, to sort of mend that relationship. Maybe that's what it was. It yeah. was like he writes something he's going to send to a publisher, but also something from Monroe. A little love poem about Monroe and yeah. uh, Velma, which works because Monroe shows up and. Uh, he, I think the first thing he says yeah. is like, well, there's poems and then there's poems. <laughs> yeah. And then the hug. Yeah. <laughs> but not too long. <laughs> no, because they are Southern men. <laughs> yes. Um, and then they go, you know, obviously the next step is drunk driving. Yeah. Like, yeah. Let's just spend the night drunk driving. Yeah. Let's go to a bar and go to a car. I don't even know that they make it to the bar. They just like oh, really? drink and read poems to each other on country roads. <sighs> Sounds romantic. And then they get pulled over and <laughs> and Monroe was driving and he's doing like the you know, walk on this line for the policeman. Yeah. <laughs> and halfway through they just start tangoing. Yes. Yeah. Makes I actually sense. I liked it. I like that was that was cute and clever. Um and then Barlow drives 
well, they right say, after the cop says, the cop, "Don't let him behind the wheel." Yeah, and the yeah, next but thing isn't he saying, "Don't let Monroe behind the wheel"? Or is no, he, no, he, he says, says don't, "Don't let Barlow, Barlow behind, oh, behind the wheel." Okay. And the next thing you see is Barlow behind the wheel, just driving up a storm, drunkenly. Yeah, they're cl- drunk both like clearly drunk. Why would you let them go? That's a great question. Okay, uh, glad we got that out of the way. Yeah. Um, he does drive through a fence. <laughs> did, hold on, did we get that out of the way, or did I just acknowledge its presence? <laughs> uh, uh, there's um, a lot of very permissive, like police work yeah. in this. Uh, yes, a lot of which isn't, you know, a lot of white guys in a small town getting yes. away with some crimes. There we go. There we go. Yeah, he, Barlow does drive through a fence at one point. Um, on their way, we've home? all been there. There's there's an opening in the fence and he misses it. <laughs> he doesn't even get close. He just drives through the fence anyway. And it's like not a big deal that that happens. No, they it's don't like acknowledge the, it at all. The fence doesn't even. It's care. unclear whether they know it happened. <laughs> um, at one point they see a van, and they say, "Hey, it's the Flasher." Yeah, somehow they remember. Let's go back. It's like, how do they know? They don't know who it is. Well, okay, it's in, in in a discussion about the Flasher earlier. They talk about the fact that Marilyn like got the guy's like car make and model. Oh, okay. and they're like, oh, and and that car matches the description. So they're like, aha, that has to be the Flasher. Gotcha. So and they here stop. Are the police coming to get him. Yes. <laughs> so they stop and go back. And they keep losing like him. I did. Okay. I very much. I enjoyed the perspective of this scene because it's just a shot of like uh, between the center console of this mm-hmm. truck that they're driving, and uh, so they keep losing this guy. And then he's like, "Oh, back up, back up, back up. Go, 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 get him!" <laughs> and they they just keep doing like seven also, point turns Monroe to go has, after him. Monroe has like a headlamp on. Yeah, because he's, reading, like, to he's read. reading poems. <laughs> yeah, but it's like going directly into the camera for a lot of it too. And yeah. also like, directly into Barlow's face. Yes. Yeah. And finally they they get they 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 get on his track again and he's like, floor it and they run out of gas. <laughs> but then they're just stuck in this lane. Just and sitting in the road. And apparently he can't open the door from the inside or the outside. They're also yeah. very drunk. He has to roll down the window and climb he rolls out. Down the, and he's like halfway out the window with a manuscript. Because he's, oh, he's going to go get gas and he wants something to read. Sure. While he's on his way. It doesn't make sense. No. Um, and However. his, you know, his face is illuminated by headlights approaching and... And then we get a, that just triggers a very long montage of loose pages and flashbacks. And um, Barlow flying through the air that I think is supposed to imply that that's how he was thrown from the car, but he absolutely would not have been. No, he would have just been cut in two. Or if, even if it was, in this case, it's a direct rear end. So he just would have flopped out forward. Yeah. But he's doing like a complete... Well, no, the momentum of the truck would have pushed him forward. You can see the gesture I'm making with my hand, right? Well, but the car would have moved more quickly than him, so he would have flopped towards the rear of the vehicle. Are we thinking about this a little too much, maybe? (laughs) 
Yeah, probably. This is not Maybe. important. Anyhow, um, this, but this is where we get into is... peak montage territory. Um, if you're watching along with this movie, this is a good time to go get a refill on your snacks. And yeah, your this is a good time and... to just start doing your dishes or whatever. <laughs> go poop. Yeah, <laughs> like, or, just, just... or just stop. Um, no, but he's stop. alive. This is where the movie gets good, honestly. This he... is where it gets a sense of purpose. This is where, yeah, <laughs> it gets direction. He got thrown down a ravine somehow. Yeah, just in a little, in a little holler. Yeah, but he makes his way back up to the road, and apparently it's a like it's an army truck that has yeah. hit them. And it's so there's all these army guys hanging around, hanging around, wrestling. Yeah, let's say at some point a couple of them get into a fight. It seems uh, I wasn't unc- sure yeah. about that. And, and then they're they're breaking the third the whatever fourth wall, third wall, seventh wall, <laughs> one of those walls. Okay. This movie became interdimensional. Yes. At yeah. some point. <laughs> there is a and, tesseract. Yes. And because they're like directing the camera to like go look at different things. And it's also like, so this, this accident happened at the dead of night, but it seems like, but they we waited until to, morning to right, do the anything about the day it. to where we see the ambulance, like, you know, people being put on a stretcher or like the jaws of life cutting open the car. So did they just like sit in the road for seven or eight hours? It's unclear. Yeah. Um, I can't believe the flasher didn't immediately call the police. I can't well, believe he was the army gone. didn't immediately call the police. Well, they're the army. Either that or they're like, oh God, we're in so much trouble. <laughs> we, but, the army, are in so much trouble. Oh, dang it. Oh, oh yeah. dang, dang it. <laughs> Uh, we're gonna Barlow. start a war with ourselves. Oh no! Barlow is not doing super well mentally. No, he's had some head point. trauma for sure. He's yeah. in a stairwell, very confused. Yes, and his ex-wife is trying to calm him down because she's a nurse, apparently. She is. It, that's what what I got from oh, it. Interesting. It looked like she worked there. Oh, maybe. Um, but then, kind of in the middle of that, somebody else comes in and is like his his mom her ex mother-in-law mother-in-law is what they say favorite character has called or something and uh turns out that the daughter has had some sort of asthma attack in the middle of the night or well i guess it's not night anymore but at some point her breathing went to to didn't she arrives and then we cut to her funeral. Yep. So, yep. Uh, I did also enjoy in this scene where uh, Barlow is listening to the speaker. At it, It's like in the Platitude, cemetery. platitude. Oh, yeah. yeah, and instead... Blah, of, blah, are, blah, cliche. Yes, he is... He's reading some passage from the Bible, and then it turns into blah, blah, she shall suffer no more, blah, blah, platitude, cliche, cliche, blah, blah. <laughs> like, This is where, yeah, this is where I actually started to enjoy the movie. Yeah. I thought that was, like, that is basically all you would hear. <laughs> right. Um, I think my favorite, my favorite part. Yeah in this area of the movie is when Velma shows up with the gigantic fruit salad 
Yes. And yeah. Barlow and Barlow goes to see Monroe, who immediately gets Wrestles really aggressive him. and starts trying to fight him. Yep. And Barlow then, has had a lot, of, suffered a lot of brain damage, and it messed with yeah, his Barlow's memory and his sense of balance. Or no, Monroe. 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 Yeah. 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 Is, is that not what I said? You oh, said, said Barlow. Barlow. Um, well, cool. You said Barlow. Marilyn starts throwing fruit salad at them while they're like wrestling each other yeah and yeah. and yelling at them and i was like that is awesome that's like yeah. that's my favorite thing that happened in this this little <laughs> whole movie <laughs> she did have a line in it kind of within that that i thought was kind of nice it was like <laughs> i think it was kind of what everyone's thinking it's like Stop telling us this story. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, like, you have all these stories. Stop. Why this one? Like, just stop it. Just, For real. I, I was kind of with her. Yeah, me too. At that point. Um, yeah, I'm on Team Marilyn for basically mm-hmm. the entire movie. For sure. Yeah, I, I think we were supposed to think that she's, like, uh, like. No, I, I think we're know. supposed to understand that, like, he doesn't have his shit together and we're supposed yeah. to be on her side. He's not a functioning adult. No, right. she is. Yeah. But we're supposed to be rooting for him. I don't really <sighs> get that. Yeah. I mean, you want him to like get his shit together. Sure. That's generally. You're supposed to want to fix him, I guess. Well, I'm just rooting for him to figure it out. Eh. But that's not very likely. Um, yeah, he he like walks he walks to that wake and then he walks around and there's a it's unclear. He ends up with the grocer grocer at some point. Yeah. And the grocer's like ends up kind of narrating part of that sequence or like talking to him bedside manner esque. I I was very like my grip on what was happening but then at this he's point like, was very tense. Well, yeah, because he's also wandering around by train tracks and by the side of the road. Is this also where he like talks to the judge? Um, it's after this. Okay. Uh, because he, he ends up back at the bar, and there's some old guy mumbling to himself, and then Leon's mumbling to himself, and then I guess he hallucinates his father, and that's where he says like, "Take the highway," again. It's Which right. doesn't it's, mean it's, anything. And then he goes out to the highway and falls over. I thought he was going to get run over there and it was going to be end of movie. I <laughs> was really hoping for it. I, I, I no, no such luck. But instead, a policeman sees him. Same guy as before. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I, I remember now. And I remember uh, this movie I watched five hours ago. <laughs> <laughs> and then he tries to like yeah. attack the police officer. And is just, again, like, the police officer's response is like, I'm going to hug you until I arrest you. Like, Yeah. Which, like, you know, to be fair, works. It's probably the best idea in that case. Just let him wear himself yeah, out and is, then haul him it's in. It's like best case scenario on all, all fronts. Right. right. <sighs> yeah. Um, he's looking at 30 days of jail, or if he does community service, he gets that cut in half or something so i guess i didn't realize that it was not an either or situation it was a you go to jail and also do community service and then you get to go you get to leave earlier right so he dishwashes seems for like 15 days kitchen yep he's apparently great at washing those pots the best yeah his supervisor 
likes him so much that she gives him some money and lets him out for a beer, which <laughs> is this is literally the reason why you're in here. Ill-advised, yeah. to say the least. <laughs> but she has a beautiful singing voice, which we don't get to hear enough of. Mm. It's true. He goes back to the same bar where he was arrested. Um, his car is still there, and he doesn't have the keys anymore, but he breaks the window because there's a note inside. The bartender then, tells him that Velma has the keys. Yes. But the note is from his ex. And then there's a very extended scene, like probably five five minutes uh, over some guitar song. And it's he, like we don't we don't hear what the note says, but basically his Marilyn has opened up like the daughter's keepsake box at home and like, you know kind of loses it and then apparently writes this note to him and then he loses it and it it was pretty sad i got sad mm-hmm. yeah i don't know it hit me but is this is where you cried it is where i cried yep but it's like you know parents losing a little kid sure sure it's touching it's not happy oh and there's also a picture she sends like a picture of the daughter and it says remember me in the back you know that kind of thing very yeah. manipulative I felt yeah. manipulated. Really tugs at your heartstrings. Indeed. Uh, and yeah, this is. Uh, I mean, even the police officer cries. Yeah, everybody yeah. stops. Everybody, Everybody's... everybody just stops for. It's very a while. touching. But he gets out of jail, uh, and when he gets home, he has a note from the publisher, aka Sigourney. Sigourney. AKA. That, and this the is the moment that podcast. I was like, "Oh, I hear it." Oh, I hear. Oh, it's oh, it's Sigourney. Finally. Yeah. Because I'm a stupid person. It's anyway, his, we know. And they want his. They want his book. That's good news! Yay! Yeah. He, and it somehow was, he's going to get published in the magazine, and we. I have friends in New York who want the whole thing, and blah blah blah. And so, like, you're going to be really busy. Yeah. Right. So get, get on it, bub. Which. I mean, he has to go fish his typewriter out of the bush that he threw it in. Yes, this is true. And it still works. That's yeah. A good typewriter. Surprisingly. Yeah. They don't or make it's... them like they used to, typewriters. Because <laughs> they don't. Because they, they don't make typewriters <laughs> they don't anymore. really make yeah. those. Velma shows up with Monroe and a new truck, which is almost a replica of his old one. Mm-hmm. Um. Velma lets him drive, which seems like something I would never, ever let him do again. Never. No. I don't think he was not. drunk here. Well, sure. It doesn't really... It wouldn't matter to me. It's a trust thing. I mean, also, when he was driving, was the car... It was, like, not even in motion, was it? Like, when it got... No. Yeah, the car was it's, dead. That's true. I mean, he didn't yeah, drunk right. drive them off a bridge or anything. No, he didn't. They got run over by the army. Yeah. yeah <laughs> no, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> the entire army is going thing. through Missouri, <laughs> Mississippi, yeah. wherever this movie happens. All right. I was confused about this next part. Um, is Velma saying that Monroe is rich? Yeah. Yeah. That's why, like, he de- that's why he didn't paint when he was on those jobs because oh. he didn't care if he got fired from and, and that's why he was secretly sending money to Maryland for oh. child support and court oh, fees. Oh, and that's why... Oh, that didn't sound familiar to... Yeah. So where did Monroe all. get this money? Uh, 
it's not explained. No one, no one really knows. It, he took a page from Tommy Wiseau's book and imported a bunch <laughs> of leather jackets. Oh, sold yeah, jeans. Yeah. Um, Got hit I by thought... a car. <laughs> so when I was watching this, I thought this part was kind of sweet, but then thinking back on it, I was like, well, she basically is like, you know, he has this brain injury and anybody who didn't know him before isn't going to think he's, you know, they're not going to know what a cool who guy he really he is. is. And so she wants Barlow to like tell his story. tell his stories. But I'm like, well, the stories that he has are just drunk driving. <laughs> yeah, not great. Like I'm like they were Vietnam buddies and maybe I they guess, have some yeah. adventures there, but like other than that we don't really know much about this no. guy as audience members. And what we do know isn't... Uh, I wouldn't be friends with him. Yeah, it's not great. Yeah, it's not super flattering. But I guess, you know, fun-loving. And he did, you know, I guess he's generous. I guess. So, anyway. Um, after this, Barlow goes to Marilyn's house. And she's on the porch... And she she tells this long, convoluted story about how she's very tired, um, you know, exhaustion and grief and, and everything else. And um, I guess their son wanted a story for bed instead of just a book, but she didn't have any story to tell. And so he just told one. Like but he, then she like, like looked directly into a light bulb and then it went out mm-hmm. and she was very affected by that and tells him all about it and and what and, does it mean olivia what does any of he, that mean and then he leaves <laughs> but what does anything. it mean it doesn't mean anything what no it has to mean something uh, otherwise it wouldn't be in the movie what does it mean i don't know you can't just say he that goes it home means nothing. he goes home and he s- finishes this manuscript and it's called big bad love and 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 what else you got and then i guess marilyn reads it because he sends it to her Mm -hmm. and then she runs to his house and the box card that he was painting that we didn't talk about at all uh, yeah like i don't remember it gets pulled away and then and then the movie's over and then and then what does that mean though (laughs) but what does it mean what's happening to the box car what was all of this for (laughs) <laughs> okay, the box car was kind of cool. He painted this box yeah, car. Yeah, no, it looked great. It had a cool tree painted on it. But like, why? Because it was the view that he lost. Yes, because the box like, car was there. Where was it going? <laughs> I don't know. They just parked it there. And then they took it. And then his ex shows up. And, and the then the movie they is over. Presumably get back And then together. Kronos and then Quartet they, and then plays, fuck really plays hard a piece. In the back Yeah, time. just like... I swear that was the only time that they were in the movie was like, it was oh, like it three was, bars at the end. <laughs> yeah. I I don't know who this band is. You don't know who, well, I, band is a strong word. They're yeah, a string they're quartet. A I don't know who quartet. this. So that's the movie. Okay. Well, goodbye. Uh, Just like that. And John's gone. End of podcast. No more. I guess we should rate it. I that is what we do here. That's why we watched it. I hope we rate it because if we don't, this will all have been for naught. Well, who's yeah. going first? You are because you just asked. Okay. That's how this works. This movie I found to be bad. I oh, did not, not as bad as other ones though. Great. John wrote an elementary school book review about this movie. <laughs> this 
Um, Actually, no. my score Sentence for it structure was structure was pretty good though. My score for it was worse. Okay, yeah, we need to we need to talk about some shit right now. Cuz John kind of committed a you know what? No, go first. Go talk and then we're going to we're going to we're going to some dirty you. laundry. We're going to out you. We are going okay. to talk. Fine. You bring it up first. Go. Uh, originally it's... I gave this a 0 for Sigourney's performance. <gasps> How dare you? Because it's an all or nothing category, clearly. It's not. Yeah, but it's, it's not really an all or She could get anywhere between zero category. and ten, but she just never gets anywhere below a ten. You could have given her a nine. You could have given her a, a, a seven. You could have given her a six and a half, but you chose to give her a zero. If I went back in time, zero. I would go back to Annie Hall and I would not give her a ten. Because So that Annie Hall could be what? a much okay. worse movie in our in our lineup. Instead Agreed. of only a slightly worse movie. <laughs> you tell me, John. You tell me what she could have done better in Annie Hall. She's, she had one job, which was to stand next to Woody Allen. To and she didn't. She didn't walk out of frame. She didn't fall down. She didn't start vomiting. She did a great job of standing there and being she tall. <laughs> Why didn't what she could vomit? she have done better, John? She could have started vomiting. No, that would I not really, have served the film. That is my It would kink. not have served <laughs> John, 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 you have, a lot of, you have a lot of wrong ideas about what's going Yikes. on right now. No, 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 no. Listen. Listen. I, I tried listening and it got me nowhere. I gave her, uh, I gave it a zero because I was like, I don't know. Like, the, how, how good of a performance did she have to give for this, you know? Like, okay, so, but that's, that is the fault of the writing. What kind of question is... Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. But, like, I don't know. It just... She wasn't given, like, She didn't do much because she wasn't given much, but she did good with what she was given. Have you ever... John, what voice acting experience do you have? What VO have you ever done before? Uh, like, just, just this podcast. Exactly. As someone <laughs> who has taken a voiceover class, Which probably, it's not easy. She it's, did great. Okay, wait. Voiceover in terms of what? Like all she had to do was talk. Yeah, but talk she in a way that sounds. Synced, she wasn't synced up with anybody. She wasn't. She had to talk in a way that sounds natural, which is harder than you would think. I uh, I don't know about that. I ask again. I, what voiceover experience do you have, <laughs> sir? What voiceover experience do you have other than more than you a class? Because classes have a way of making things seem harder than they are. <laughs> uh-huh. like, That's true. Um, so here's the thing: is I really just wanted this movie to hurt, like while I was watching and, it. But why would you lash out at Sigourney? She's an innocent bystander. Uh, but you then wanted after this to hurt, and then after I had some misgivings because I was looking at where it actually ended up on the ranking. <laughs> Which I just shouldn't do because I, I just originally had given this movie like a thirty, and now my score is like forty six. It was a thirty three before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what? But what total I did, did you give this? I I gave it a forty six, which is I think better than I gave Annie Hall. Maybe I don't know. I don't care. And I did it so that it would rank better than Annie Hall because it was better than Annie Hall, but it wasn't. Oh, I gave wow. No, you gave uh, you ranked Annie Hall better than this movie. Okay, well, I was wrong. <laughs> I can admit when I'm wrong. Uh, That's uh, good. Um, Olivia, what did you give this movie? I gave this movie a 49, which is also what I gave Annie Hall, incidentally. 
Um, I, uh, yeah, it was kind of, you know, five, sixes. Um, I gave it an eight for everyone else. Um, I, I felt like the characters were semi-believable if, you know, pretentious, for pretentiousness sake. But, uh, you know, I didn't hate it as much as I anticipate. I anticipated it being like terrible, like a terrible movie. And I guess in some ways it kind of was, but I don't know. But in other ways, it was like weirdly enjoyable. Ben. Yes. What did you rank this movie? Uh, I gave this movie a 52. Um, a which 52. I feel is pretty representative. Because loved it. I didn't love it. I think loved it. the things that I've said about loved this movie should make that clear. He loved it I more than we did. Like, yeah, I, like, I, I weirdly, this movie grew on me in ways that I didn't expect. This movie is a lot like its own protagonist, where the first hour of the movie, the way that Barlow is just sort of a shambling mess, this movie is too. The way it just sort of staggers from scene to scene with no sense of purpose. And then once... After about the hour mark, once, you know, there's the car accident and the daughter dies and this movie actually gets a sense of something bigger that it can work towards. It actually, I it starts to get good with the exception of the weird fantasy dream sequence montages that are sort of interspersed throughout the entire movie. Those are, the, you know, those are sort of bad no matter where they are, in my opinion. Uh, and just sort of a little, you know, a little artsy for artsiness's sake. Other they are artsy. I honestly, though, kind of didn't hate them. I just don't feel like they added anything. I I second that, Ben. And I also feel like, similar to my opinion of the ice storm, I feel like <laughs> this movie was just trying to talk down to me. Like, sure. even though, even though, like, the main character is clearly, like, just not with it for like a majority of the movie i still felt like the movie was trying to be like but he's a genius he's so smart and yeah like yeah i don't know about y'all but i have a, a a special distaste for movies or books or anything that is about a writer struggling to write because that just to me says that whoever wrote that couldn't come up with right couldn't come up with any better premise than looking in front of them and seeing just a blank typewriter and being like, well, this is what I'm going to write about. It's going to be about me and how smart I am and how struggling I am. So that like, I, that sort of, you know, started the movie on a bad foot for me and it was bad for the first hour, but once it gets a sense of purpose, it actually like, and you know, you know, tugged on my heartstrings a little bit and I actually started to appreciate it, which can't undo a lot of the hurt, but is why I gave it slightly better than, average that's why i gave it a 52 i wouldn't watch it again yeah found it difficult to believe that his response to being divorced was to completely fall apart at the seams and become a stumbling drunk and yet when he loses his best friend effectively in a car accident and his daughter within minutes of each other he's fine after that that he's fixed like that's that's rock bottom that's his wake-up call uh, I really you want to you want like I think honestly his wake up call the thing that turned him around and made him a better person was his own self interest because he got the deal for his book like 
It had nothing to do with, like, he would have self-destructed even more if he hadn't gotten that letter from Sigourney and he had simply lost his daughter and his friend. He would have gotten so much worse. Like, it would have been like, I don't know. Like, he's so self-absorbed. My my enjoyment of the sort of back portion of this movie has little to do with the movie itself <laughs> and just sort of like, just sort of, you know, uh, some goodwill from the, a lot of emotionally what was going on and just sort of, you know, a lot of scenes of people looking wistfully at a boxcar while some good music plays that I actually could kind of like, I, I wasn't enjoying yeah, watching the, it, but the it's aesthetic it, yeah. and like the sense of the movie if, was, it puts you in a interesting spot. If the entire I, movie I had been like the last 30 or 40 minutes, I would not watch it. But I would definitely, <laughs> I would definitely turn it on while I'm like doing dishes or folding laundry. You know, I would ha- it would it would make for a good for good background noise. Oh, I you never want to see this I'm movie saying? again. No, I definitely don't either. I guess what I'm saying is, if this movie were better, How I would have liked I it more. How did I rank this lower on rewatchability than either of you? Um, you rank this a three. Yeah. If you never want to watch this movie again, it should be like a zero. It was a I, two before, and then I was like, eh, I would rather watch this instead of Annie Hall. There are. There I just are wanted it to be movies. Annie Hall. There are absolutely movies that I would uh, enjoy watching less than I would enjoy watching uh, Big Mad Love again. So. 1492, um, for instance. For example. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, precisely. Um, if you add up all three of our scores and divide by three, which is r- the uh, required by our perfect algorithm, you get a score of 49, uh, which puts this at 19 out of 27, uh, directly between Eyewitness and The Year of Living Dangerously. Not a bad yeah, choice is. Yeah, I, I think that's appropriate. That's accurate. Yeah. I... I really don't like the fact that this movie is a full three points higher than the ice storm. Uh, but I guess we have John Ginner to thank for that. And I think after the stunt, he it's a very similar movie Sigourney to the ice Zero, storm. Stop, stop, stop talking right now. Olivia, can we go on with someone who would dare to give Sigourney less than a 10? Or do we need to find a new third co-host for this? Cause I, I know some people we can talk to. You know, I think we're going to have to to hash this out. I think okay. we're going to have to get a new host. John, you can keep editing, but... Um, no. Oh, wow. I don't, know. <laughs> I don't know if we can have you on the show anymore. How dare I, you? I think, I think we need him, Ben. You know what? I think, I think that Sigourney is probably more open to criticism of Sigourney than you all are. You're a bunch of, bunch of fascists. I just think like... Wow. All, that was a jump. That's, that's <laughs> extreme. Of all the movies in which you could give her a zero, it's this one where she does virtually nothing. She does like well, that's there the are, point. Like I, right, I don't know like, how to. And then if you if she does if she does nothing, then at least give her a five because like it wasn't bad what she did. Yeah, why would you not, give her a zero? The yeah, worst again, possible that's why we score. have two set. We have two sections this for is a, Sigourney's performance spectrum. how much of it is there and how good is it however long it is right that, that why would you so the length should not affect one and the performance should not affect the other you're, sure you're essentially I giving her an that. f for c-level work 
it, it, according to your own argument, which is wrong because it's an A plus, obviously. I don't think that's really yeah. true. I I oh. think that I think that I I needed her to have negative this movie to have negative points for is there enough Sigourney? And I you wanted, well, you yes. wanted to punish the movie for not utilizing Sigourney appropriately is what you're saying. That is that is really where it's coming from. Like and the I, way you like, decided to express it, that giving it like a zero, giving her a bad score and not the movie. <laughs> right. I think that's mis that's that's misguided. I think you're. I you should really have you should have gone negative. I think on, I should is have there given, enough Sigourney. I should have given her a zero for accepting this role. John, like, you do realize we have an entire category that just allows you to lash out emotionally at the movie. And you could have given it a zero. And you gave I it know. a five. I, I <laughs> even more points than I you did in that dunce. category. I don't know what to tell you guys. I we fixed have it. a category for this exact feeling that you're trying to express, <laughs> and you just you just threw you just threw a meh up. I fixed meh. it before think, anybody said anything to me so shut which is up. why i'm saying it now <laughs> I, I think you need to take a good hard look at our rubric and really think about all the categories and what they mean before we take on another film because you got some you've got some real junk rattling in around in that old brain box of yours john ginder you don't you wow. just leave me alone you're so mean you need to put some underpants on your head so the shit doesn't fall out <laughs> Guys, yeah. Holes is coming up. I'm, I'm so excited. Very excited about Holes. Also, what the is, village. What, what is Tadpole? That's I, the next one we have. I, I looked at Tadpole, the premise of that movie, and uh, gotta say, not looking forward to it. Uh, boy. What is the premise? Oh, well, you'll have to find out on the next episode of the Dreamweaver Podcast. Dreamweaver. Thank you so much for joining us, uh, as you have presumably for the past, geez, 20 or so episodes. 24 um, episodes. If oh, God. people really enjoyed sort of your whole situation and they want to know more My about you, how could they do that? Follow me on Twitter <laughs> at Ginderjohn. No one's done it, you bitches. <laughs> <laughs> like 30 wow. followers and you've Back listened to, to how many episodes god john <laughs> calm yourself all right, all right. olivia um what, if what you'd you got? like to follow me if you'd like I'm to follow someone gentler kinder. i'm gentler than john these days um on instagram i am at olivia Beatty, and on twitter i am at drum Beatty. and if if you were to follow me on twitch i believe it is it's an olive yeah, I think that's what you said in the past. And I haven't streamed anything in a while, but, uh, you know, if I got some more followers, maybe I would. I don't know. Yeah, let's maybe it's not, your fault, listener. Let's not ask Ben yeah, about his. You. Okay, uh, bye. That's yep. fine. You don't have to because I control the outro anyway. Uh, so if you want to wow. follow me, learn more about my life uh, and my uh, dating careers as Olivia calls them. <laughs> I don't talk about them on social media, but I want to just to make fun of Olivia. Well, now, now. you should. Um, you My can follow career. me on Twitter and Instagram at benebert.com. That's at B-E-N-H-E-B-E-R-T-D-O-T-C-O-M. Um, I think that's all we if have. If you don't care about any of us and you yeah. just want to you know, follow us as a whole and as the thing you're listening to uh, on Twitter... And Instagram, we are at DreamweaverPod. Yeah, you can also uh, send us an email at DreamweaverPodcast at gmail.com. Boom. Um, you lazy suckers. John, stop. Okay. 
You and Lloyd, I. Lloyd is the only one who emails us. John, we yourself. love you, Lloyd, but we want to hear from more people. Look at yourself John, right now, listener. We know. I mean, we you're know not you're writing here. an email John, to us, know your you're dead to me. are listening to us. Can we all bring it in? John, you just today have have spit out a lot of venom and a lot of bad energy at our listeners and at Sigourney Weaver, who are the people most important to us. And I think you and I, when we stop recording, we're going to have to talk about that, okay? I think I just just need a nap. (laughs) I think Mm. so, too. Uh, We've got to get that in. Thank you very much for listening. We all have stuff in our personal lives to suss out. So until then, my name is Ben Abair. There's nobody else here. (laughs) Goodbye. (laughs) Good night, shitheads. You assholes. Mark Mellet's string quartet. I think it's number two. Oh, I've hang- wait. Is that the guy I've hung out with? I feel like that's the guy I've hung out with. Yes. Okay. John. 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 Is it about? Is it about poop? No. It's but John. It's number two. <laughs> John, John, ben. did you do my poop joke? Olivia, what do you, did you like it? Ben, Ben, I get all poop jokes. Of course, he got it. <laughs> <laughs>